in a world where... Nah, this ain't that kind of podcast. Let's be honest, the world doesn't need another podcast where we ask the same old questions to the same successful people. You're listening to the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. Grab a seat at the table as Nev and his guests dig into the challenges that successful agencies and freelancers have overcome to achieve their success. There's no script, and Nev's insatiable curiosity and ADD can take the conversation anywhere. So let's get real and have some honest talk, lots of laughs, and some helpful insights into what it really takes to create more profit and impact in your business. Welcome back to another episode of the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. My guest today is Jimmy Rose. Now, Jimmy is the co-founder of Content Snare, a software platform that helps professionals collect content and files from their clients. And he was once an automation engineer, and his new priority is to help business owners regain their lives, be more productive, and get more done in less time. Jimmy, sign me the fuck up. I want that. Nev, it's awesome to be here, man. Thank you for for having me on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I um, uh, this goes way back to when this whole idea for Nev Harris was kind of right getting off the ground. I met I met Jimmy in Australia, and he was kind enough. My uh, second podcast I was ever on was his. So um, I uh, really? uh, and we've just we've maintained f- friendship. Yeah. all this whole it's time. been a it's been a few years, hasn't it? I don't even remember what year it was, but <laughs> yeah. 2018 or something. Like I feel like the last two years have just vanished in my memory. So it's completely destroyed my ability to remember what happened and when. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, <laughs> it was when I was in Australia. When was that? It was, it was like mid 2019, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, um, and speaking of that, um, I never drank. I never really liked beer. I was a Miller Lite guy. You know, all you guys people like big boo, 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 boo. But you know, when I was over in Australia, um, Jimmy said we were at this uh, beer garden or whatever, and he says, "He says you want a beer." I'm like, "Yeah, Miller Lite." He says, "Fuck that, you're not drinking Miller Lite." He says, "I'll buy you a beer." <laughs> so he bought. You bought me a, a porter. Oh yeah. And uh, I was, uh, and I've drank, and I, and you know, I was like, "This is pretty good." I mean, beer in Australia is a lot better than here, but. You know, what's what's the burning question on my mind right now, then, is what kind of beer is Jimmy drinking right now? <laughs> right now, I'm drinking a coffee because it's 9 a.m. But uh, <laughs> um, I remember that bar, by the way, like that was it was Troy Dean's event, right? The WP yep. Elevation event. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember that actual bar and I remember that beer um, because, yeah, it's like obviously Porter is such a big different difference. But I will say you have plenty of good beers in the U.S. In fact, like. There is just a crazy amount of good craft beer there. You just got to drink that instead of the, you know, all the crap from Budweiser and AB, AB and Bev and all that. Anyway, right now, it's actually funny because um, I had Untapped pull up, which is like the app that I check all my beers into. So the last four beers I had were actually German style because it's Oktoberfest, right? Right, right. Um, so I had a, geez, what is that? Augustina Brau. München. I don't even know how to pronounce that. There's probably German people listening to that going, like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> but like these are quite legitimate, um, you know, actual beers that are hard to get outside of Germany that my friend happened to pick up a bunch for his Oktoberfest on Sunday. So yeah, a lot of German style stuff. Nice, nice, nice. I might have to maybe find a, a German style brewer around here and, and check something out because you've given me yeah. something to learn about. um, (laughs) so yeah it's always been you know when i always go places i'm like but i've never had a beer as good as the one 
Uh, there, there, there must be some kind of art to picking out like wine because I've never picked out quite as good of beers. So, um, yeah, it takes a long time. I think I'm, I'm almost at 2000 different beers that I've had, uh, according to this app that I checked them into. If anyone's, in, if anyone uses untapped, follow me in Jimmy Rose one, just add me as a friend. That'd be, that'd be awesome. But, uh, yeah, you get to learn what you like and, and what, you know, mm-hmm. is going to be good generally, what breweries are good, et cetera. Nice, nice, nice. And what was that app again? Just for uh, untapped without the E. So untapped. U N T A P P D. Yeah, it's a good app. Uh, cool, cool, cool. All right. So um, speaking of alcohol, uh, one of the biggest reasons to drink alcohol in the last couple of years was COVID. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- this is especially funny This that I bring this up because we were just talking about um, things before. And he says the two things people talk about nowadays are like cryptocurrency and beer. I mean, cryptocurrency and COVID. And we hadn't talked about COVID yet. And, Here we go. And I, was like, and I was just thinking, ha, 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 just wait. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, anyways, though, so, um, COVID happens and you have, um, you have several businesses, you know, that we just talked about here. Um, when March, April kind of happened and, uh, how was it like for your business? What, what were your, what was your thinking and everything like that behind when everything just kind of seemed to be falling apart? Yeah, I, I almost don't remember. I was probably stressed. Uh, and I find that stress tends to make me completely forget periods of my life. So, um, you know, I remember when I had knee surgery, like I've literally got a two to three month blank in, in my memory where I just like, I forgot that my friend was having a baby or that had forgot my, one of my good mates had a baby. Like that's how crazy it was. It was weird, but I feel like that part of my life is, I don't know, like I, in my mind, I wasn't too scared because we were all online. Like I, I had a, I thought that, um, you know, we would have definitely a downturn, in, like especially with content snare, because that's my biggest focus, right? Is is getting, um, you know, people onto our platform, right? To to collect website content or to like, so our customers are generally digital agencies collecting website content, marketing info, or like professionals collecting files, like accountants and lawyers and that. But at the time, I think we were predominantly agencies, and I was kind of wondering, like, you know, th- there's two forces acting on this, right? Like the panic of everyone dumping costs because their businesses is like, you know, obviously it flows on. So if, if a consumer doesn't want to buy a product, then um, they, the person can't afford a website. So then the agency has no clients. <laughs> so then they're probably <laughs> going to cancel their subscriptions. Right. So that was like, so we were a few layers back. So I wasn't too worried, but at the same time, it was evident really fast that everyone was going to be jumping online who wasn't already online. You know, there was a huge push for building like digital stuff because everything was now going online. So agencies, I found actually did, a lot of them did pretty well through that time. And uh, e-commerce was going crazy. And then, um, you know, so we actually had a little dip um, of quite, it was only like a 4% pullback in our subscriptions, which I think is the biggest we've ever had. Um, But it recovered like immediately. I guess everyone kind of stopped panicking quickly. Um, and you know, a lot of people were hit much harder. I know a guy that runs a SaaS product for made services. They, it's like a business management product for cleaning services. And, uh, they lost like 30% of their revenue in a month, which is insane. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's probably a long way of saying like, I did, I wasn't too worried and it didn't hit us too hard, but, um, I guess I was more worried about the virus itself and, and what was happening in the world. That was where my attention was focused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
think that's, I think, yeah, we were all kind of, you know, thinking what the hell is going on here. But yeah. um, I think so, it's, I think one of the things, and tell, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but um, you, you have a, a, a great content snare creates a lot of recurring revenue for you. Mm -hmm. So when you have that recurring revenue coming in and you don't have clients canceling products, and even if it's a longer lead cycle, you know, for them to cancel it, like being that, you know, I know a lot of agency owners took a big dip in March and April, you know, in hindsight, mm -hmm. they were up 30 to four hours just at a conference and they were like, oh yeah, we were up 30 to 40% last year, year over mm. year from 2019, yep. you know? So, and even that even spilled into this year a little bit, they don't expect such huge growth next year in 2022. But I think the, um, the, the recurring revenue end of it helps you, you know, not be so worried about oh, what's going to happen tomorrow yeah 100 percent. i mean like content snare is a 100 percent recurring revenue product there's basically no one-off stuff unless if we set like have a big project setting up someone's questionnaires or something in content snare but um you know and that is it, it's got you know pros and cons i guess you know like um you've got that revenue that you know you're going to get each month however you know you get stressed when people start canceling subscriptions because people it's so easy for someone to just cancel and then you, your revenue, revenue might drop and that becomes your new like big worry. You know, I think as humans, especially entrepreneurs, we worry about heaps of stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, if you just start worrying about different things, you know, and obviously the other downside generally is anything that's a subscription product is harder to sell. You know, one-offs in agency land, you know, you're, you can do a 10 grand website, something like that. Whereas we're fighting for a $29 a month subscription. So our lifetime value on someone could be a thousand bucks, you know, sometimes less depending on, you know, for us mm -hmm. really small plan. So you do what you feel like, it feels like you're doing a lot of work for a small amount of money. So it's not all, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows, but the recurring <laughs> revenue element is obviously pretty nice. Yes, yes, yes. So you've actually been able to br branch yours off into, um, if I, if I remember seeing some of your emails lately, um, uh, accountants and uh, did I say real estate people too? And, and lawyers, right? It's all over. Honestly, we, it's crazy. Like I spoke to some guys today that want to use it for, what do they do? Um, oh my God. Uh, like, like it's in finance, like finance related stuff. There's people that are, oh, like liquor licensing. So mm -hmm. when this company oh, wow. did liquor licensing and they, needed to collect a whole bunch of information from people to get them their liquor license, right? Or like go through the process. Uh, so there's heaps of documentation, information they need to collect. And these people have just started naturally finding content snare generally through like SEO type stuff or like, you know, how do I get information from clients or like, I don't know, forms tool type stuff. Cause that's kind of where we sit is like, if, if it's a form, that you can't reasonably expect your client to fill out in say 10 minutes because a form's got to be done in one go, right? Mm -hmm. So a content snare is like a form that is auto-saving where they can come back later and there's automatic reminders. So um, anything that is a bit longer to fill out, like a long onboarding questionnaire, something like that, that is where what content snare is used for. And apparently we've learned basically every kind of business has some kind of problem with that. Anyone that collects, anyone that needs information from their clients, which is basically any service business. But we've actually decided to focus on accounting as our next major industry, just because marketing to everyone is way too difficult. So we've kind of got digital agencies and marketing agencies. We're fairly somewhat known in that space. Uh, 
so I, and I feel like our marketing efforts weren't really working as much as they're putting a lot of effort in without much extra traction. So that's why we just, yeah, try and going down the road of road of accountants for now. Yeah. I think that would be a, a diminishing gains, you know, diminishing marginal gains. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's obviously a lot of agencies in the world that don't know who we are. Uh, but I guess I just, and ran out of my ability to reach them. Like I, I you know, we, we were looking at hiring people and, and getting help in, but I just, I guess I felt like I was just bit flailing around and being quite useless. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up that morning. I wake up that way every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an entrepreneur, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, that's really cool. So what, what gave you the inspiration to say, okay, I want to pick away, I've, I want to go pick away the low hanging fruit in other industries. How did that, how did that come about? Where did that come from? Yeah. So it was, we, we had, like I said, there was a lot of different uh, industries signing up. Like we, we collect people's industries uh, optionally when someone signs up. And so we were able to sort of look through the data and go, okay, like, okay, 80% of our clients are agencies or whatever it was at the time. It's, it's declined since then as a percentage because we're bringing on all these other different different businesses. But, um, you know, it was like 8% accountants and 7% mortgage brokers and 5% lawyers or whatever it was. You know, there was these like, so that was kind of where we started. And it was like, well, which one do we focus on? Um, and it was like the, the kind of stars aligned or something because in a couple of weeks um, we had, we we're trying to pick which agent, which industry we focus on next, and we had two insanely good testimonials from accountants, like mm. insanely good. They were so happy with the product and how much time it was saving them, and and like they were on higher plans too. Like they just they were happy to sign up and pay more money because how much time it was saving them. Um, you know, I felt I felt like it's quite a slog to get a freelancer to sign up for a you know thirty dollar product versus an accountant who was like seventy bucks. That's nothing, you know, which is interesting. Like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm happy to save some time in our agency. Like I, I was like that. I didn't want to spend much money on subscriptions. And, and eventually I realized how much time it when like my time was too precious to <laughs> once I was overworked, I was like, I just need to spend money to save time, you know, anyway. Um, but then, so we had these insanely good testimonials and then I got someone reach out to me from a, basically they run an accounting document management system and they wanted to acquire us and, uh, well, they inquired about acquiring us and said the industry needed what we did. And that was kind of the nail. We were just like, oh my God, <laughs> like we, we've got to go down this road. Obviously we did not get acquired, um, but that was quite good encouragement. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's <laughs> great. You know, and it's funny, like at this conference I was at, they were, they were talking about that. They were like people, um, and they, uh, like, they were talking about plugins and trying to sell a plugin to a uh, developer you know, mm-hmm. and the developer just thinks how, what, like I can spend the next six months and I can make this plugin, you know, instead of, yeah. buying, oh, I could do that, but then it takes them the next six months. So they don't have, they won't put a large premium on that, you know, when the, and, and maybe they should. And that if you sell outside of that, that, that developer community, if you're selling your plugins, not to other developers, but you're selling them to, you know, other industries. Like, I think you're an excellent example that the one mentioned was um, access at, ally i always call oh, yeah. it access alley 
but Access Alley actually. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it kind of looks like Access Alley, so you can be <laughs> forgiven for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I said Access Alley all the time. People are like, no, Nev. I'm like, so I think this is the first time I got it right. So yeah, um, the, the plugin market's interesting because you know it. You're dead right in that people don't put a lot of value on plugins, and now it's become the norm to have pretty low price products. You know, every mm-hmm. plugin that we own is, you know, hundred bucks a year sort of range. It's not, there's a couple that are more than that, like maybe WP Fusion, I think, or um, Buddy Boss, which is what I use for my membership site. But even, I find that even myself, you know, I'm looking at the monthly cost of some of these and going like, oh, like that's expensive. But the, in my mind, it's because it's relative to the other plugins that mm-hmm. I own. So now like the the price is just anchored so low. And every time someone tries to release a plugin that has like a SaaS level pricing to it, people seem to lose their minds, you know, it goes crazy in, in the Facebook groups and and I get it. And I, I saw like a product recently switched from a plugin model to a SaaS model. And I guarantee that so they they can charge more. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I th- I think I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I, I uh, was just talking to a guy that did the exact same thing because of that. And he mm. was able to 10x his pricing. Um, yeah. But I think you um, I think you bring up a, um, an excellent point there about that, you know, when you go out outside the market, you know, that what, what, what you're able to do and everything like that. It's funny that, you know, I, I was telling you I was at this event and the, um, the so it was a pretty high event. You know, you had to spend, spend, spend some cash to, to come. Hmm. And the two people there were, um, two of the plugin developers there was the guy from Buddy Boss and the guy from oh. WP Fusion. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> They're both really good plugins. Like WP Fusion is probably my favorite WordPress plugin I've ever used. I feel like they just, the the way they've built it, it's just so well thought out. The features make so much sense. Like it, it's pretty rare. I have such a delightful experience with a WordPress plugin where I'm just like, this is done right and built well. And the UI is good. Like I was, yeah, I was really happy with WP Fusion. So if you know him, pass that feedback on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he's is is and 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 you can see that these the they have different a uh, different mentality on how they're going about pricing and building their plugin and who how they're marketing and who they're marketing it to mm. because and that's why you know they're you know have built big plugins that support uh, a pretty d- decent business like like, mm. like your plugin. What I love about um and switching subjects a little bit here um. Mm. One of the things I always say, staying on the pricing kind of thing, is when people like when people get a new client, an agency owner gets a new client, and they're like thrilled. They're like, "Yes, I got this client. It's a ten thousand dollar website. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all this," and they're super excited. And I always say, you know, when my agency, a lot of times, you know, in the beginning, that was the happiest time we had with that client. <laughs> you know, is when you know it's like we both love each other, or both like yes, you know, I love you, I love you too, man. Yeah, let's do this. You know, yeah. and then it starts to go downhill, and then it's like because you price it because you think the whole relationship is gonna go all like you know roses, and then mm. it starts to go down. Where does it start to go downhill? It starts to go downhill. It starts to, and your prices start to get out of control because you know they have a problem getting you the content. 
You know, mm-hmm. they don't have the content. They don't want to do the content. They don't want to spend the time. They don't know how to get it to you. Like, believe it or not, there's people out there. I know it's like foreign in our world, but there's people out there that Google Drive is like really smart people that is mystical to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah, getting them to fill out some content on a document. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's not just that, too. It's just like it is a hard problem. Like if you just slap a blank sheet in front of someone and say, give us your homepage content, like what are they going to do? They don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think all of this comes down to communication, though. Like that that's what that's where the agency client relationship goes downhill. It's all communication. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, sorry. Assuming that you are capable and can actually build a good website and, and have good quality assurance, like that's, I guess that's the other side of things is, um, you know, if you build a, if you do a crappy job and or don't have a good QA process, like you haven't checked for broken links or like, it's unbelievable how many sites I find where the Facebook link in the footer goes to facebook.com because they haven't updated the social links, you know, like that was on our QA quality assurance checklist always. So these are the things. So you make it just because, because little things like that break the experience so much mm-hmm. you know it only takes one or two small things that make your client go oh the whole project shit you know sometimes sometimes so it depends yeah, on who you yeah, yeah, know exactly. however um the main thing i think where everything goes downhill is communication so you know especially because you're so happy you just got this money in uh but then you know you might go away and start setting up the project and whatever and a week goes by your clients just paid your 50 percent deposit and they've heard nothing from you mm-hmm. so of course they're going to be you know what's going on have i just made the wrong decision they start second guessing whereas mm-hmm. if you're starting you're communicating every well even every day at the beginning i just interviewed um a woman taylor mcmaster who does client um account sorry account manager stuff like trains account managers for agencies and like she's really big on this like daily update, especially in the beginning, uh, to really help your clients, like you know, convince them that they've made the right decision. Because you know, even if there's no update, you can do a no update update, or like just say <laughs> so that at least they know. Uh, and like one of my favorites is like what we've worked on this week, what we're working on next week, and what we're waiting on from you. That's like a weekly email that you can send to clients. Um, yeah, and like all of these things, just is so so simple ways to improve the client relationship. Because I spoke to so many people before we even built our agency. The reason we built it is because I spoke to business owners. I was doing a lot of networking, and all of them complained about their web developer not responding to emails fast enough, disappearing altogether, which it can feel like if you don't reply to an email for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, um, or not finishing the job properly. So that and you know that became our tagline: web developers that respond to emails, finish the job and don't suck. Like that was our (laughs) tagline and it went down really well. Um, You know, so yeah, but it's just two of those three things are communication. So (laughs) anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to briefly touch on, because you mentioned, you know, obviously waiting on content is a big thing. Like you said, they don't want to write the content and that's right. uh, A lot of the Mm -hmm. time. And they don't want to where, pay you to write the content, but they don't. But they end up not wanting to write it either. Yeah. So the the key there is setting expectations. So this is again communication, but upfront during your the first call you have with them, the first time you ever speak. Oh, where's your content coming from? Do you want to write? Well, you can you get us to write it. It cost you, but or you can write it, or you know we can refer you to a copywriter. Like that's got to be part of the conversation right away. Everything like if if you um do a 50% deposit up front. It shouldn't be like, oh, they signed the proposal. Here's your 50% deposit invoice. No, no, you should have, they should know that's coming. Like you should have <laughs> told them up front, like here's our process. Um, you know, 
uh, once we decide, you know, we'll, we'll get your criteria or whatever, we'll quote it. Um, if you accept it, you can choose, we'll give you a couple of different options, pick the one you want, we'll take a 50% deposit, we start work, it, the time frame will be six weeks, whatever, you know. Uh, all of these things need to be communicated up front. And that can be done when you're on the first meeting with them. Uh, it can be done in, like some people have a process page on their website, which is like, you know, literally just these are the steps that we go through. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe you have a discovery, paid discovery call. You don't do a quote. The first thing is like a $500 meeting, sit down, and you actually charge them to um, plan out the website. And then there might be a deliverable that they can, you know, I always, I always like to say, you know, the, the outcome of this, you could take this to another agency if you want. Like this is just a planning phase. You'll have a thing that you can take. So we used to do a design phase for our software development projects, like apps and, and web apps. And we'd be like, so we'll do the UX phase. It'll be five grand. Um, and, but if this doesn't, you know, if you decide you want to get someone else to build it, you'll be able to take that and take it to them. And I think it gives them like a, I don't know, these principles, I can't remember what that's called, but, um, you know, it it makes them feel like they're not locked in and, and that you're quite open and honest and whatever. So I don't know, that's a lot of stuff that I just dumped on you there, but again, it's all just communication stuff and like setting expectations is so big, uh, upfront, uh, with all of the problems that normally come downstream. It usually comes back because <laughs> they didn't know it was coming or you haven't communicated enough. So no, I, th- I think you've hit so many nails on the head, but I also think you've, you've talked about stuff that takes a lot of, um, a lot of effort and um, time is money, you know, and I think people should realize that if they don't um, and, if there's anybody that I know that's better at asking this question to, I think it's you. <laughs> what <laughs> ways do you know? What like for those who don't know? Um, oh, I think I said it in the intro. Uh, Jimmy here is the master of Zapier. He's a master of like just shortcuts. <laughs> like I use like if you type docs.new into your browser, this opens up a new Google Doc. I mean, yes. this has revolutionized my life. I do this all the time. <laughs> I swear to God, I use that like a couple times a day. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my God. When I found that out, it was a life changer too. I mean, I still use it all the time. Sheets.new, slides.new. You know, pretty much every time I create a new Google anything, it's it's through uh, through just their shortcut URL. You know, um, they have made the .new extension available to other things. I'm pretty sure you can do zapier.new now or zap.new. Let me try this. Um because they allowed other companies to buy them. Yeah, zap.new takes you straight into Zapier and creating a new zap. Oh, wow. Did you know <laughs> that? There you go. That is really cool, really cool. So- it is very cool. But um, <laughs> sorry, what was the question again? Oh, yeah, like you were saying this stuff takes a lot of effort. And I would challenge that because um, you would, yeah, and I can bring some automation into this because it sounds like that's where you were going, yeah? Yes, but I had to challenge, challenge it. Show, show, show people why it's because I don't. I want I want people to be more profitable, and more profitable means mm. having less of your staff or your time. So yeah, so, so challenge like, that, and then explain automations. Well, so email like sending a weekly email to clients. If you're just doing that sporadically, like throughout the week, there's a lot of task switching time, right? This is a massive productivity issue when you are jumping between 100 tasks a day because it mm-hmm. takes your, your brain a while to sort of switch over into, into the new gear. Whereas once you're in a rhythm of doing a certain kind of task, it's really easy. And that's what time blocking is all about, you know? So you don't send willy-nilly emails to clients through the week. 
it's, you know, if you're going to do the weekly update or whatever, if you're going to go with that model, you block out some time on Friday morning, whatever, you know, maybe an hour. And that's probably enough to go through your project list, your open projects, have a glance at what's been done in the last week, like using your activity feed and whatever project management system you use, Um, you know, see if any tasks are being blocked by the client, especially, uh, and and that's it. You write, you have a draft email, you know, that you, so I use text expander as a, um, a really good way to pre-populate any text basically. So emails are a good, good one here. So you, yeah, like I can go, for example, um, you know, after I have a guest on my podcast, I want to tell them it's live when the episode's live, I type in a four letter combination on my keyboard and it expands into a full email about like, here's the, I, I pay, it puts a text box there so I can copy the link into it and then generate sharing URLs it basically creates this entire email for the, uh, for the person that I'm going to send to the person. So I didn't have to manually type it out each time. Right. So a product a text expander is the one I use. There's lots of products like this, but anyway, having like a default template where it's like, Hey, just weekly update. Um, this is what we're working on this week. Sorry. This is what we did this week. This is what we're, um, we're going to do next week. And then just filling out those, those blank bits. Right. And this is what we're waiting on you from that email, like looking at one project and writing that email shouldn't take you more than a couple of minutes. Right. And if you do, mm-hmm. if you want to roll doing this, you're already in the project management system on one screen. You've got your email on the other screen. Go to the next project, send the update. Go to the next project, send the update. You're going to be done with all of these in half an hour. You know, it's not like that's a lot of time. And to keep all your clients happy with communication, like amazing. Um, now, if we want to talk about automation, like, you know, I, I have an automation with Zapier that says every time I tick off a task, in my to-do, my personal to-do list, it puts it on a spreadsheet. So if ever I'm feeling like I haven't done enough work, I just go and look at my spreadsheet <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look at all the stuff I got done today. Now uh, you can extend, expand that to say, um, you know, put that in a spreadsheet or like an Airtable that's easily filterable by client. So you could like filter by, you know, XYZ client um, in the last, things that were done in the last week. And there's your list of stuff you've done that goes straight to the client. I mean, you obviously might want to clean it up and edit it, but it's just a little bit of automation. So you don't have to try and work out what was done in this last week. Um, so that's like a really, you know, it's using text expander and an automation like that, you know, you might knock a couple of minutes off each client, but then, you know, that obviously adds up when you've got a lot of clients and you're doing this task a lot. And obviously you can hire someone to do this exact process as well, like a VA. Um, you know, this is not a super high level task. You could easily hire someone without, that's not crazy expensive to do this. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I think there's so much power in Zapier and Text Expander too. Like, I think I learned about Text Expander for you. I, I've like, um, I haven't quite figured that one out yet, though. Like, I could Which get one? It to Text fill Expander. In my, uh, what's that? Which one haven't you worked out? Text Expander. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a small course on that if you're interested. Just a little six part course of how I use it, and um, I just Dude, yeah, so it, it just sort of goes through all my use cases. Yeah, I'm happy to set you up for that. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. For for the for the um, is that something you sell? Yeah, it is. It's only like seventeen bucks. Um, okay. Is there? A, I don't know. A do you URL want me to say it? Share with people. Here? Yeah. So interestingly, it's not even a standalone course. It's just rolled in with my like mini Zapier course as well. So okay. it's at zoomyrose.me slash Zapier dash intro, um, and that's like a a small intro to Zapier for people who haven't used it. But it's also the text expander course, and it's like seventeen bucks. So. 
pretty affordable. I, there, there, <laughs> there's no affiliate commissions going on here or anything like this, but I highly, <laughs> highly, highly recommend signing up for this course because I guarantee I've learned so much. You had a YouTube channel for a while. Do you still have that? I do, but I haven't released a video in months because I've been focusing on content snares. So that's another productivity thing is bloody focusing, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a good way to get in front of your audience for sure. Like, especially if it's the keywords that people are searching for, like you, Google likes throwing YouTube videos towards the top of search results. So yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've watched... So I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos and there's always something helpful in it. He's not going to, you. you know, um, the stuff that he's teaching, it's like, I mean, there's, there's stuff that you haven't, you know, it's not like on every hack list you see the, you know, like he just. <laughs> Same stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Googled like top text expander hacks and then made a video out of them. No, this is this is some this is some great stuff that, that, that he you. does. So for $17, I, I can't uh-huh. believe you wouldn't like write me thank you letters you know <laughs> tell me about this so um, and if you hate it you know feel free to message jimmy not me <laughs> yeah yeah tell me tell me you hate it but I, I highly doubt i highly doubt you will hate it i mean i'm very open to uh negative feedback because it's the way anything improves like i always say that like be, be brutal with me you're not going to hurt my feelings about content snare or anything um because feedback means you make a better product it's the only real feedback like that's the best feedback um, but honestly, like, yeah, if you don't know how to use text expander, you'll see exactly how I use it uh, and what kind of, you know, um, snippets that I set up and, you know, it, this stuff saves me just stupid amounts of time. So I hope, I hope it can save you some time too. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So to recap that, um, I, I absolutely, um, am completely open to positive feedback. So if you have positive feedback, about Jimmy's project, <laughs> to me. Negative mm. stuff, send it to Jimmy. <laughs> I'm pretty Sounds good. Let's do I it. can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh no, it still it does hurt. It really does sometimes. <laughs> like you'll see something and be like, oh, you know, but logically I know that it it is the best for the business and it's the best for me in the long term. So yeah. I just yeah. You know, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like because I mean there's so many just I got a comment on a YouTube video last night, like someone just complaining, like classic YouTube troll, like this is, I can't believe you've said these lies. And it's like, dude, check the, like they have that, IFTTT has that feature. I'm like, did you check the date the video was released versus when (laughs) IFTT released that feature? Like it literally didn't exist and you can't change a video on YouTube. So bugger off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, when, when, when I run Facebook ads and people put um, negative comments on them, like I use that to come up with, um, I think the podcast I just did before this one, it was a solo podcast where I was just answering some of the comments I got on oh, wow. Facebook ads. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was Great like, idea. you know, was that? Great idea. Yeah. Cause you know, it was just, I was like, I had a whole nother podcast planned and I, and I saw a couple of these comments and I hate to type. So I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit there and type a whole answer to this guy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, you know, got on the mic and started because I was like, maybe other people are feeling this way because, you know, he was being a troll, but I could, I could feel his pain and I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, address, you know, why it wasn't like that. You know, it was about 
<clears throat> he was like, a, uh, you can't be um, a compassionate capitalist. They're two opposites. And he was trolling me about that. And I was like, well, actually, I think they can be. And I think that's what's best for everybody is if if you are, if you operate that way. So, and I, yeah, so that's just nice. Kind of- I really like that. Yeah. And now that I think about it, we've had some, I guess, negative comments on content snare ads, you know, like, oh, my clients would never use this. And it's like, all right, well, there's an FAQ for our thing where I can put a, you know, 10 different testimonials saying you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Or answer why, like if if they, if they give any inclination, why, you know, you could then answer why they would you, why you should use it. Like, you know, um, that's it. You know, uh, and I think about it, like it's basically objections, you know, and objection handling is a big part of writing copy. Mm-hmm. God, why haven't I not thought of this before? Thank you, Nev. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> so, if it goes horribly wrong, I take no responsibility. <laughs> it's a, in a way, it's almost good that, like, you know, there's some anonymous things on on YouTube. Obviously, Facebook isn't anonymous, but um, in a way, that's like access to people's real objections because a lot of people won't tell you what their objections or problems are. But if they're hiding behind some like anonymous handle there could be some real helpful objections in there because you know, mm-hmm. people, people don't want to hurt your feelings, even if you ask them to, and they won't be brutally yeah. honest with you. Uh, whereas, you know, some troll, yeah, obviously some of them are just trolling and they're, they're whatever. It's not even worth listening to them, but sometimes there could be some real stuff in there. Like you said, you felt his pain and it made sense. That's uh, yeah. I like this topic, Neff. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's the same like what you're saying there. Like I, when I used to get done with my uh, podcast interviews in the beginning, I used to ask people, you know, okay, you know, I'm new at this, you know, um, I, I like compliments, who doesn't, but I'd rather, you know, criticism to help me get better. Nobody once ever said it like gave me anything helpful and never said anyone said anything negative. And I was like, I know I'm not like, I know mm. like my first podcast wasn't perfect, but you know, nobody would, nobody tells you that stuff to your face because they feel bad. So Ooh. I've got the, I got the hack for you on this one. I thought about this a bit um, and I, I do it every time I speak. Well, not that I've spoken in ages. Thank you. COVID. <laughs> but um, I always ask people. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speak to her a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ask people what you could have done better. Cause then it's got a positive spin on it. You know, it's like, so rather than being like, what did I screw up? It's just like, you know, what, what could I improve? And it like, it actually, it's crazy. Cause it makes them like, they think, and they sit there and they're like, oh, oh if there's one, yeah, you know, oh, if, it's not much, but just this one thing, like they'll obviously sugarcoat it a little bit, um, but that is really good feedback and it helps them, um, you know, put a positive spin on it so it doesn't feel like they're uh, sending you hate mail. All right. Great, great, great. Um, if you're liking some of this stuff and you're like, oh, these, these, these are some good ideas and, you know, we're talking about, I think you have a um, also... Don't you have a kind of tips, like a free giveaway on your website? Am I remembering correctly? Uh, yeah, not not necessarily for that. I have the, just a productivity guide of like my favorite systems for oh, yeah, saving yep, tons that's, of that's time. Yeah. So that's just at jimmyrose.me. It's uh, if you scroll down, there's like the green section, something three sections down, just a little guide on, on the productivity systems I use. So, you know, it talks about like, you know, having a good system for your email, like you know, inbox zero is really important to me, but that requires some tips and tricks on how to like get a lot of the crap out of your inbox and, and talks about text expander and automation and um, yeah, that kind of thing. So um, I, I go the opposite route. I, um, I go for a, my goal is inbox 1 million. 
<laughs> what are you what are you at now where are you, where have you managed like thirty thousand? i think i'm at twenty one thousand right now nice very good <laughs> so, i have a hotmail account hotmail believe you know wow. that's how far this goes back from like 25 years ago or something like that you know that i haven't logged in for for probably years and years and years i wonder what that one's at right now <laughs> you know oh wow yeah i mean i think i have one too but i just don't care like i don't know if anyone even knows my old hotmail anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing i, I won't even I don't think you could go to hotmail.com. Does that even take you anywhere anymore? Probably redirects to Microsoft somehow. Yeah, like live.com or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Probably. So, all right. Well, um, I should let Jimmy go. This has been uh, a great conversation, though. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Like I said, Jimmy's a great guy on everything from like having a beer with to, you know, automating the shit out of your business. I really, I get tons of value out of anything I interact with his content. So yeah, I highly, thanks, highly, highly recommend it. So Thanks, where, where I've got, was that? Uh, sure. But I'd also like to say that I've got plenty of value as well from you, man. Like just this conversation, you give me a few ideas. I'm like I've got notes from this. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, you often don't get, you don't often get uh, notes as a, when you're guesting on a podcast. So that's really cool. Um, where they find me. I mean, jimmyrose.me is my website underscore Jimmy Rose on Twitter. Like that's kind of where I'm hanging out mostly at the moment. I'm loving Twitter. I've really got back into it in the last 12 months. Um, contentsnare.com obviously for our product um if you would like to you know sign check it out and see if you can get information from your clients faster and yeah obviously have an affiliate program for both of those if anyone wants to sell content snare to their clients <laughs> or uh or sell the course to their clients i guess but <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Um, I am not in Jimmy Rose's affiliate program. So anything I say about <laughs> this stuff is, uh, I might be in the future, but no. Um, no it's I, funny I, how I, that's going. A lot of people don't really care too much about affiliate programs anymore because it like adds a bit of dirtiness to, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. no, I just actually want to promote this thing and there's no monetary benefit to me. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I, like I get, I get the hesitancy, but I also kind of like free money. <laughs> refer, like if you're gonna refer someone anyway it's kind of like well here's my link here's my affiliate link no i mean i'm the same like i feel like i i really struggle with this like for for my course and everything like that i, I want to have a generous affiliate program because i want to thank people but at the same time you know when people offer me affiliates i'm like you know and i've had some really really good affiliate offers like like four digit affiliate offers and i'm like Dude, I says you've helped me out so much. You know, I like you. You're friends. I just want to see you do well. I don't want to take money out of you. You know, so yeah, I, I really that. have this struggle with, you know. And actually, at this conference, I was asking people about their thoughts, and, and there was there was two camps to it. Because I don't know, I just kind of feel like I don't want anybody. Like if I recommend something, I'm really passionate about stuff, and I don't want people to think I'm trying to sell them something. I think I want people. So yeah, I, I struggle with that. I do. Yeah. And, and well, one thing you said there is like, you know, you want to support them. You don't want to take money from them. If it's a friend like that, I feel like that's different. You know, a lot of the stuff, like a lot of our affiliate uh, income comes from things like Active Campaign or Integromat or Amazon. Okay. You know, I don't know these people personally. I'm just yeah, referring yeah, yeah. people to those products and taking a little cut. Um, and obviously it, it's not like, perfect uh, affiliate links you know people often don't even follow affiliate links or they won't um or won't track properly you know if they if they go to my integramat an affiliate link on one computer and then they sign up on another computer you know i'm not going to see that um commission it doesn't worry me it's just kind of nice to have that little bit of extra bonus yeah yeah and and 
and, and, and so I'm so opposite on the on the on the complete other end. I want to pay people affiliate because I'm like, dude, I appreciate you. Thank mm. you. You know, um, here, you know, especially for like a course, which is, you know, it takes a it's, it's a hell of a, a slug to get to get it done. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours and uh, for a, 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 a way too big of production like I did for my course. And mm. then um, uh, but it's so but then I'm like, OK, I want to, you know, return the favor because it's money they're saving me on the marketing budget, too. So I'm like, hey, look, I already had this money budgeted. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. But then again, at the same time, I don't. So maybe it's I think life, life is 90 percent mindset. And that's like a mindset issue for me. that I don't know if it's right or wrong. But anyway, so, so yeah, that was a little um, tangent. We went when we were wrapping things up. So a little, a little bonus content for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, um, uh that's a wrap for for nev here um jimmy anything else you want to say no that's it man this has been a great conversation thanks for having me nev yeah thanks for coming on i appreciate everything and uh so that's the profit and impact podcast for the day we'll be back next week with probably a solo episode from me on an undetermined topic so you'll just have to (laughs) wait and find out all right so see you next week that was the profit and impact podcast with nev harris For a full recap of this show, or for more info on making more profit and impact with your agency or freelance business, visit nevharris.com. If you liked this episode, show us some love. Give us a rating and comment over on iTunes and help Nev get the message out to more agency owners and freelancers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.